Hello and welcome to this week's Connect the Dots, an industry intelligence production. I'm your host, Alec Gaylord. Today's topic, well, this is no ordinary biology lesson. For our first stop today, let me introduce Christina Agapakis. She is a synthetic biologist. That's like being a biologist, engineer, and artist all in one. Back in June, Agapakis gave a TED Talk, and she told her audience that synthetic biologists, like herself, will shape the future of sustainable living. So what do these people do? And how can biology be synthetic? As Agapakis explained, the natural world and the artificial world may be colliding into each other. She said, quote, Synthetic biologists sort of poke holes in that boundary that we draw between what is natural and what's technological, end quote. Among some of the cool toys that synthetic biologists make are multicolored spider silk, self-healing concrete, tissue printers, and plastic-eating bacteria. Agapakis cited two Australian artists, Orin Katz and Yonit Zur, who recently worked with biologists to make something that will surely please animal lovers. It's called Victimless Leather. In this project, the artists created a tiny leather jacket from the DNA of a mouse, without killing the mouse, of course. But if the mouse didn't give consent, can we really say it's victimless? Well, that's for a different debate. For now, look at the possibilities ahead. We can replace animal farming that's cruel and environmentally unfriendly with making things using just the animal's DNA. Here's what Agapeka said about her passion for synthetic biology. Quote, I use genetic engineering as an art to explore all the different ways that we are entangled together and imagine different possible futures. End quote. So, we're waiting for our future, with a mousy leather jacket hanging in our closet. Next, let's go to a special design lab called Ginkgo Bioworks in Boston, where textile designer Natsai Chiesa made a pigment using bacteria without involving any fossil fuel-based chemicals. But this lab project has another mission which is training the bacteria to automate pigment synthesis so that we can use it to make printed textiles. According to Chiesa, automatic synthesis is something that bacteria will be able to do very efficiently. And guess what? These microscopic, industrious workers are normal, soil-dwelling bacteria, the kind you literally step over every day. At least, back when you could leave your house. Using bacteria may be the next big thing in the garment industry. The name of the bacterial genus is Streptomyces. Here's what Chiesa said about using bacteria to create works of art. Quote, Once you've established the baseline for cultivating Streptomyces, you can turn to twisting, folding, clamping, dipping, spraying, submerging, all of these begin to inform the aesthetics of the bacteria's activity." End quote. In other words, that means it's possible to train the bacteria to work systematically to paint an organic pattern, 
or even produce a graphic design. It's trippy, right? Chiesa said she already designed a Petri dish to produce a bespoke print on a whole garment, and she has been making lots of kimonos. Hmm. In the future, you can bypass those glossy fashion magazines. The hottest looks may be in our school's biology textbooks. Now, let's travel across the Atlantic to Switzerland, where iconic watchmaker Swatch has recreated its original watch collection using materials from biological sources. This marks the world's first successful attempt to replace conventional plastics with biomaterials in watchmaking. The earth-friendly materials used by Swatch are extracted from the seeds of the castor plant. Wow, who hasn't seen a castor plant and thought, that thing looks like it'd be great at keeping time? The remade collection is branded Bio Reloaded 1983 in honor of Swatch's founding year. The company's packaging also sets a new standard. Those colorful watches are packaged in biodegradable paper foam, which is made of potato and tapioca starch. When it's time to take out the trash, the paper foam can be recycled with regular paper waste, or it can be composted right in the consumer's own backyard, from mail to mulch in no time. Our final stop today is France, the world capital of perfume making. Using natural ingredients to create fragrance is nothing new. Aromatic flowers and plants are some of the world's oldest sources of perfume. But now, with the demand for plant-based ingredients surging, sustainable sourcing has become a challenge. Scientists at French National Center for Scientific Research and Côte d'Azur University find that so-called white biotechnology can improve essential oils and extracts from plants used in fragrances. It can also produce sustainable alternatives to natural ingredients without depleting the source plants. So, what is this white biotechnology? It's a branch of biotech that uses living microorganisms and enzymes to synthesize products that are easily degradable. We saw some examples earlier. However, according to the French researchers, white biotechnology requiring scientific manipulation of genes seems to be reserved right now only for large companies. But there is hope that gene editing tools may become more widely available soon. Smell that? That's the scent of progress. So, that concludes our audio tour of the future. For Industry Intelligence, I'm Alec Gaylord, reminding you that everything you see and touch could soon be seeing and touching you back. Visit our website at www.industryintel.com and check out our blog and podcast for more cool ideas. Have a great day. And keep the dots connected.